people want to be heard. They don't just want to comment and then you're like, oh, okay, cool, thanks for that. Hey, Marketing Stream viewers, my name is Jason Pantana and I am stoked for today's conversation with Courtney Gracia, the social media manager for Drumroll, Tom Ferry. We talked about all things social media, emerging trends, current trends in social media, platforms that you need to be on, platforms that you need to make the most of. We talked about apps and tools to streamline the creation of content, the management of communities. We talked about the two sides of social media, the side of content and the side of conversations. How do I stimulate and how do I engage and manage the conversations that are outflowing from my social media? Today's conversation was really a blast because it was highly practical, actionable, but also there was a lot of new stuff that I hadn't thought about that was able to be implemented so that you can get better results from social. Because one of the conversations we take head on today is this challenge that a lot of business owners are facing, which is I have limited time. And so if I'm going to be creating content, engaging on social, it can't run my life. It has to be a part of my business. And so we talked about some ways time techniques, strategies, tools and software and ways to hire to help you scale your social media around you so that it grows your business by design the right way. This is a conversation you can't miss. So listen to it from start to finish and we're gonna talk about all the good stuff from Instagram to TikTok to YouTube to Facebook to LinkedIn. We'll talk about maybe a little bit of ads but mostly just organic social media. How do we create a conversation that creates business results? I'm excited. Let's dive into our interview today with Courtney Gracia. All right, I'm super pumped for this conversation talking about social media management with none other than Courtney Gracia, who is the social media manager for boss man, Mr. Tom Ferry. Courtney, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, just, I, I'm thrilled for this. I guess that's kind of an introduction to you to let us know who you are and what you do so that people yeah. can get a sense for where the conversation will go. Kind of walk us through a day in the life as Tom Ferry's social media manager. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks for having me, Jason. I feel like we talk off the scenes all the time, so it's really cool to be talking like on camera. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but my name is Courtney Gracia. I do Tom's social media. I've been working for um, Barry International for now two years. Um, kind of a day in the life is uh, posting right away. Um, there are certain channels that I have scheduling tools that go out for, but in terms of like IGTVs and stuff like that, they don't have tools that you can just pre-schedule. So day in the life would be opening up my work phone, posting an IGTV, and then um, then checking my emails and starting to um, respond back to comments, look to see what was um, from the previous day. So I usually log off around like 5 p.m., but there's obviously all of this chatter that happens from the time that I'm asleep. Yeah, totally. And so, uh, so the next morning, pretty much just doing a lot of community management um, and then posting consistently throughout the day. And let's define that term for our audience. What is community management? Just so they know our lingo. Yeah, community management essentially is looking at all the engagement that has gone on. So comments, messages, likes, shares, all of that and responding to it or um, parting it. Um, mainly it's just engaging with the community that um, has gone on. Yeah, and so I imagine there's you know, this is Tom's social media. So I know he's active on it. Sometimes, like sometimes he'll DM me or whatever. I know he's there too. So it seems like it's sort of a two pronged approach. You're responsible for distributing the posts and the content. And then you're mm -hmm. responsible for managing the conversation, whether it's comments, DMs or whatever that is ensuing from the content. Is that a fair encapsulation? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and also we have our coaching members have 
personal Facebook group. So like there's a lot of community management that goes on within there um, of all of our coaching members. And then not to mention um, paid ads. I manage all of the conversation that's going through there as well. So, okay. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of, it's a lot of conversation that's happening. It's a lot. Yeah. But, but after a while you start to get like those repetitive questions that right away, you know, the answer to it's asking for like, hours or links to coaching or links to certain videos that you can just kind of, you already know like the spiel of what to say. Yeah. And I assume you have like a lot of the tools out there, which we'll get into today. I know they have the ability Mm -hmm. to create like uh, quick responses or a way to streamline those kinds of FAQ types of questions and whatnot so that you can be a little bit more efficient in terms of managing that. But it's really, it's distribution of content and it's really managing the conversation across all the channels. It's kind of a day in the life. And then just as far as posting goes, what about like stories and stuff? Are you just doing the actual content for posts or are you doing stories and that, that work too? Um, I think it's, it's one of those things where Tom and I kind of work hand in hand on it. So I see he's obviously in a different time zone now um, in Dallas. So I'll see kind of what he's reposting and doing on the stories and then I'll build off of that. Yeah. Um, and if I've seen that he hasn't posted in a while, then I'll get back on there and engage and post stories. So it's kind of like a twofold thing with it. So you're kind of coming in behind him and just filling in the gaps and or if there's sometimes I've noticed there's like a larger company initiative where you might have like some pre-planned types of stories that are meant to be interactive. And I would imagine it's you that helps to facilitate those going out into the audience. Yeah, correct. So any of the things that look like extremely polished, that would be like me going on there. But the yep, ones yep. that have the, the mistakes or um, he calls them like the funny. He yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the reposting of like funny memes and stuff. I mean, yeah. essentially, I think people sometimes forget to like, this is Tom's account. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's his social media. So, of course, like he's going to be personal on it as well. And if he thinks a meme is funny, he's going to repost gonna, it. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah. All right. I love it. All right. So that's a good kind of snapshot in terms of what is a social media manager. The goal of this podcast is I want to talk to experts who are working in a specific nuance or a field under the umbrella of marketing. So like today's topic is social media management, which I know for Mm -hmm. a lot of agents, they're struggling to decide what's my content look like? How do I manage the dialogue? What channels? Oh, there's new ones. What should I be doing? So just kind of kicking things off in your opinion, what are the the highest ROI return on investment platforms in 2021 that agents... And business owners, anybody who's watching should definitely be looking at in terms of getting ROI. For me, it's all channels, to be honest. And when I say all channels, I'm talking about Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, um, TikTok, YouTube, um, because each of the platforms has a different ROI. They're not all the same, Um, similar to how you should have a different strategy for each of the platforms. They're not the same. Um, For instance, like, if you were to run Facebook campaigns, they're great for building community brand awareness. If you were to be doing like LinkedIn campaigns, those are for establishing authority, B2B website traffic, generating leads. Um, Instagram's great for product launches, uh, getting your UGC customer engagement, all about the customer pretty much with Instagram. Just for our viewing audience is user generated content. Correct. Yeah. And so I feel like Instagram's that platform for more of that community type engaging with your audience. Twitter is great for getting clicks. I mean, if you think about it, Twitter's used mainly for like news. A lot of people go to Twitter for the news or content getting shared. Um, Relationship building, I think, too, because a lot of people tweet back and forth to each other. 
totally. it's like an easier streamlined thing compared to the other channels. Um, TikTok's good for brand culture for ROI. It's good for brand lift, um, sparking trends. I feel like a lot of the trends now on all of these channels are coming from TikTok and then being right. transferred over. Um, YouTube, mm-hmm. of course, is SEO. Like that's a huge, huge platform for SEO. Um, growing followers totally. or growing your subscription and then translating it again to the other channels and also just being more of that like how to explainer type content on YouTube. So it seems like in terms of ROI, like there may be some agents who are like, or and I say agents because I'm mostly talking to agents, but they could be running teams or brokerages or it could be a different industry altogether. But I think a mm-hmm. lot of business owners as a whole, they look at social media as this behemoth thing where it's like, oh my gosh, I got to be on all the platforms. But I think what you're clarifying right now is, yes, but all the platforms have a slightly different forte in terms of what they're best to accomplish. So I think mm-hmm. I think I would probably like say, and, and I'm looking at what you and Tom and what the company is doing from a content standpoint, I tend to see a lot of the same, a lot, not all, but a lot of the same content going cross channel, cross all like, oh yeah. They kind of point to each other. Sometimes you'll do a teaser of a video on Instagram, the drive to the YouTube or whatever. And I think what's happening is there's a content strategy that exists outside of any one platform. And it's more like we create the content and then we decide where the content goes. But the content is the content. And then we decide where it goes. And we decide that based upon knowing what's the secret sauce of each of those different platforms. Yeah, and I think too, it's like, each platform, of course, is going to have its own strategy. You should be on all of them, yes, but there's there's no, um, I guess, issue with reposting the same thing on every channel because every channel has a different type of audience. So it's like, why not give them that content on Facebook if they're only on Facebook? And you're already creating the content, so use it across all of the platforms. Of course, for Facebook, you're not going to hashtag all of you know, the no, whole entire relevant optimization. For yeah. No, no one uses Facebook for hashtags, but they use LinkedIn for hashtags and they use Instagram for hashtags. So that's where like the copy and stuff can change, but the actual content that people are looking at, it could be the same for all of the channels. Notwithstanding, I suppose there's some different formats, like for example, vertical only videos, uh, yeah. 15, 30, 60 second types of videos. But even then you can still use like teasers and whatnot. I think the operative thing that I would encourage people watching is, look, just create your content and then optimize it for distribution to the platforms based upon the uniqueness of each of those platforms. Yeah. If you had to pick one, like let's just say we're talking to a solo agent right now. Um, Mm -hmm. They're closing, let's call it three deals a month, four deals a month, something like that. They're busy. They're doing Mm -hmm. everything themselves. They maybe have a part-time admin and they Mm -hmm. have to pick what's the platform you're going to go all in on. What's the number one platform you would say for them? Jason, I think, <laughs> I feel like you know the answer already, what I'm going to say. I'm I'm it's, it's Instagram. I Tell mean, me why. that's just, Instagram, like I said previously, it's that platform for customer. Like it is the customer platform. That's where you get UGC. That's where you can do product stuff. Like, and if you think about it, um, the first thing I do when I open my phone is I go on Instagram. Facebook and all that stuff is falls secondary, you know, Instagram is where I go. The only thing about Facebook is the groups. 
So if you're not, yeah. which I know the, the use case here is they probably don't have a Facebook group, the agent we're talking yeah. to right now. Yeah. You know, I talk about a strategy called Instagram to everywhere, where it's like, we teach this in some of our trainings with Tom, where it's like you create the content with Instagram in mind, just because Instagram's got a pretty ubiquitous uh, different formats. They've got their long form video, their vertical short form videos, stories, carousels. They've got all these different types of format options that pretty much give you a wide array of options that can go here, there, and everywhere. So yeah. I like the answer, Instagram. I kind of knew, I thought you were going to yeah. say either that or Facebook. I wasn't sure what you were going to say. I, I mean, I like Facebook. I do. But I feel like Instagram's one of those platforms that was able to adapt. Um, and when Snapchat came out, Instagram's like, okay, stories. cool. People, yeah, people like stories. We'll, we'll do stories now. People like, like TikTok. People like short form video with reels. We'll do reels. Like, they're able to adapt and it works. Like every single time they've done something, it works and people stay on the platform. Well, and now they've got guides and um, I may be jumping the gun a little bit, but they're really seeming to build out their live streaming capabilities, which has been around for some time now. And yeah. Yeah, I'll save it. I want to talk about the rise of creators and monetization, but we'll, we'll get to that later on today. Um, so let's go back through real quick, just the different platforms that like you named the big ones. I wrote down Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Mm-hmm. Talk about YouTube from the SEO standpoint, because you went through each one, I think pretty succinctly, like this is what they're known for. This is what they're great at. Talk yeah. about YouTube and SEO from the lens of an agent and why that matters to their brand right now. Um, YouTube is one of those platforms that pretty much, I feel like behind the curtain works pretty closely with Google. Um, and if you think about it, once you're monetized on YouTube, you're doing all your monetization through Google. So it's like, if you really hone in on your YouTube SEO, you know, keywords, all of that stuff on YouTube, Google will favor your stuff because they are working hand in hand with this stuff behind the scenes. Totally. So if you want your SEO game to be strong, you need to have videos on YouTube. Is that pretty much the gist? Pretty much. And there's, there's other platforms too, like third party ones that you could use like TubeBuddy and stuff like that. That'll help you out with keywords. I, it's really not that difficult because there have been things created to assist you. We actually interviewed Andrew can from TubeBuddy on the last episode. So we talked. Oh, did you? YouTube. We did. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. He blew See? my mind. He had a lot of good insight on YouTube. It's, it's pretty wild. And I feel like YouTube's that perfect place for that long form content. You know, I mean, they do have YouTube shorts now, but I feel like use Instagram for that stuff. But in terms, terms of like your long-term stuff and your SEO keywords, descriptions, I mean, you could put a heavy call to action in your descriptions because it could be a video that people find months later. And if you have like a call me now at the top of your description, you can get it. The phone may ring. That's a good tip right there. I hope people wrote that down right now. All right. So just kind of setting up the question, all the platforms matter, but if you had to pick one and you were strapped for time or resources, Instagram is the place to start. Thank you for answering the question and not a minute. I I appreciate it. (laughs) All right. Let's go rapid fire for a second. Um, As a social media manager, your job is pretty much, I'm simplifying it. It's twofold. It's the distribution of content and it's the Mm -hmm. management of the conversation that flows from the content and so forth. Mm -hmm. Rapid fire what are three to five best practices for anybody watching right now to cook up higher engagement with their content? Because I use this analogy often when I speak, when I speak, I talk about if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's around to watch Mm -hmm. it fall, did it make a sound? And Mm -hmm. the answer is, well, nobody's around. So who really cares? And I think about that through the lens of 
if you create content for Instagram, Facebook, or whatever the platform is, and nobody mm-hmm. likes it, nobody hearts it, nobody comments, there's hardly any reach. It's as good as a tree falling in the forest that nobody saw or heard. It's nothing. It's So I want to share some practical, actionable strategies just to kind of dial up engagement and interaction. What's your... Okay. I have... Okay. So I have a few things. The first thing is I don't... I think people forget that they need to have some sort of hashtag strategy. Like the different channels, especially with Instagram, people are heavily looking at hashtags. They're looking at tagged locations. Um, And you need to have a block that you use of hashtags. And I'm not saying that you continuously use, switch it up, but they need to be in your niche. Like Mm. if I were to have an Instagram, okay, and I'm talking about social media management, my, my hashtags would be Hashtag Courtney Gracia, because I want, if anyone were to ever look up my name, I want them to see all of my pieces of content under that. I do like hashtag social media marketing um, and also using those hashtags too that are, when you go on your explore page on Instagram, you get those certain types of content. And some of them you're like, okay, this isn't, why am I getting served this? It's because there are hashtags that are used for everyone. So like science, like hashtag science, hashtag business, like those bigger hashtags. Um, I would also look into them as well. You don't want to use a hashtag that has like 20 million posts under it, because that means that people are using that hashtag so often your post is just going to be completely pushed down. Um, Another thing too would be um, call to actions. It's like the easiest thing to get engagement on posts is have a call to action. Comment below if you feel the same. Tag a friend below in the comments. It, Subscribe getting to my that, channel. Yeah. Yeah. Having a call to action, it gets people to, and it also, it shows you who's actually looking and viewing your posts and reading it. Because sometimes you'll see people that are just putting like hearts, you know, as a comment. It's like, okay, I don't think you really read fully my caption, but I'll take the engagement, you know? Right. I'll, I'll add this caveat. <laughs> like I've, for a long time, like with real estate agents, the standard call to action has always been call me. But I think it's worth going back to your comment about YouTube where because it's SEO driven, because it's search driven, you don't know when someone's going to find it and there's a higher intent to it. So you can have really strong CTAs like call me. Yeah. But with these, your CTA should be centered around, I'm just trying to spark engagement and interaction with the content. So it's comment, tag a friend, those types of things. What's your yeah. thought on this? Questions? Yes. I love the CTA idea. On the hashtags piece, yeah. you mentioned like if there's 20 million posts mm-hmm. on Instagram, for instance, with the same hashtag, you're going to mm-hmm. get buried. Is there kind of a sweet spot in terms of I should be looking for hashtags between here and there range in terms of number of posts? My, uh, I usually use something that's like under or use hashtags that are under like a million just okay. because you know that they're not being generated so often or they're used so often. But there are some of those hashtags that regardless, you should put like hashtag real estate. It, it's a given. It's one thing that you should put because on the back end of stuff, the your post is going to be notified as like falling under real estate. So like you should and then and then you'll start getting served more things about I do uh, realtors of Instagram every single time I post on Instagram, no matter what. Yeah. Like, yeah. For Tom, we do business coach. We do Tom Perry coaching. Like it's just, there's those some that you should have, but not all of them should be like real estate agent, real estate investing. Like 
be really specific too. If you're an agent in Orange County, Orange County real estate agent, Orange County OC real estate, you know, do you things think like any, that? Like Instagram gives you up to 30. Would you use all 30? Um, depending on the post. What would be depending? That's not a, sentence, um, but you know what I mean. I've, you know, yeah, I think some of them it's like, um, in terms of like video content, if it's an IGTV, yeah, I'd, I'd use all the hashtags I could. Um, if we're promoting like a blog post, I'm not going to light it up with all of these hashtags. I'm going to put like real estate blog, Tom Ferry blog, but usually you, the traffic gets driven elsewhere. So I would keep, um, I mean, I wouldn't use all. Because 30. they could click the hashtag versus clicking the link you want them to click in your bio. Is that the thinking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And but also too, like, but on IGTV, it seems like, for instance, the reward of being in the explore feed is greater than the risk yes. of losing the traffic on the actual post. Yes. Okay. Smart. Super yeah. smart. I hadn't thought about that before. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> I, well, here's the thing is like, um, I, and two, I don't want people to compare like, well, I don't have a Courtney to do my stuff. I, I do this all day long. Like this is literally just what I'm doing all day long is subscribing to newsletters, reading what's new, testing out trends, doing the 30, 60, 90 of testing. And like right now we're, our company's pretty huge in testing. Yeah. Like 2021 is the year of testing. The so. year of testing. All right. So we got hashtags <laughs> and CTAs. What else would you say is just some optimization hacks to build that engagement and interaction? Another one would be alt text. I think people downplay it a lot. Um, it's one of those things where, um, you, I mean, it's so quick to do. All you do is edit your posts and click alt text and just describe your posts a little bit more. Tell us what um, it is it, technically and how it's being used. So technically it's used for like people with disabilities to then view your post or read your post. Um, but it also works pretty well with SEO. Um, and so like, let's say it's a post of Tom on stage. I would describe what the post is. Tom Ferry speaking at elite retreat. What? Yes. And yeah, so describing it more and then also adding some additional keywords into it because um, Google's going to pick up on those keywords from the alt text. So like it would be Tom Ferry speaking at Elite Retreat, comma, real estate coaching, comma, Anaheim, California, something like that. Yes, yes, exactly. So like from an SEO standpoint, what we're dealing with is the possibility of these images showing up in Google images, correct? Correct. Okay. Good. Now, I assume you have to have a public-facing Instagram profile for any of that to happen. 100%. That's, I feel like that's a given now. Everyone should have, they do not have your Instagram private. Also, a big thing is please, like, if you're a real estate professional, you are an entrepreneur, you're a business person, please have a business account. Now, do you have have a a a favor between creator or the business profile? I would use business profile. I feel like business profile links up better with Facebook, obviously because Facebook owns Instagram, but, um, the creator, you're not a, a little... creator. <laughs> I, I, use you know, creator cause the creator gives you some enhanced inbox management, but I actually yeah. use a unified inbox anyways from Facebook. Cause it's better than what Instagram gives you. So it is, it is. I may, I usually manage that stuff through Facebook anyways, cause I, I it's a lot so. cleaner. I do too. And yeah. I've got my business manager set up. So it's like, whether it's a creator or a business profile, I'm circumventing long- the linking anyways and going through the business manager, which was probably yeah, like it- over the heads of some people, but whatever. 
No, as long as as long as your Instagram too is linked in uh, or is linked up to your Facebook, a yep. business manager Facebook, then you should like you're fine. It doesn't really matter, I guess. I just prefer like the business side of it, but you could put creator. You could put some of them have like just for fun. Yeah, <laughs> you yep. know, there's different ones. I mean, I don't think it's a, the only di- the only disadvantage of a creator is third party posting is absolutely not a, able to be done. Whereas mm-hmm. a business can do that. And the other advantage of a creator is if you want to dance to licensed music in your reels, you've got to use a creator. You can't use a business, but I wouldn't have yeah. anyways. So I think we're yeah. safe. <laughs> I think we're yeah, safe. Fine. Um, any other, see, uh, any other like hacks or best practices that you were thinking of that you would love to share with the audience about engagement uh, interaction? Um, another one would be, um, following. Okay. So the thing with following too, is like, you should follow people that you share a liking to that you have things in common with. You shouldn't just follow people just to follow them. Um, because one thing with that is like, obviously you want people to know like, Oh, okay. I have a similar value or we share X, Y, Z together. You follow them. And when you start commenting and engaging on their post think about it, their followers and the people they follow are pretty, are going to be kind of close to what you fall into. And so if you're commenting on their posts, it could be a follower that doesn't follow you seeing you comment. They'll be like, who is this person? I agree with this comment. Click on your profile and then follow you. Especially if you get to the top of the comments. Oh, 100%. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, the likeness, you should follow people that you have things in common with and also be engaging with their posts too. Don't expect everyone to just engage with your stuff. Um, it needs to be a reciprocal thing. Like if okay. they're, if you see someone all the time engaging with your posts, go onto their page, comment, you know, and have a conversation with them too. People really appreciate that and they value like, oh, they took the time to actually click and engage with my stuff. Oh, now that I'm on their profile, I like what they post. I'm going to follow them too. Well, so it's like, there's a, there's a danger of treating social media like it's a billboard strategy versus mm-hmm. social. It's meant to be social. Yeah. Yeah. Cause sometimes I feel like people just post stuff and they, they're like, look at me, like comment on my stuff. Like, I don't really want to engage with your stuff. I posted for the day, whatever you need to engage and give it back to people too. Totally. Um, you know, what does that look like in terms of dividing time between Instagram, Facebook, and all the other platforms from the lens or eyes or schedule of a social media manager? Do you focus predominantly one place or do you go all over the place? Pretty much all over the place because I use Sprout Social for like listening. So Sprout Social has obviously like a reporting side of tools or the reporting tools and they have a listening aspect. So I have like different keywords set up on each of the different platforms to then flag me. So like I have stuff, I have like events, I have coaching, I have Tom Ferry. So if anyone uses Tom Ferry's name, I know where it's coming from and then I can engage with it right away. Or it could be something if someone's interested in coaching and it could have fallen through the cracks, um, Sprout Social's listening tool will pick up on it. So I could look and say, oh my gosh, this person, you know, has been needing to get help with coaching. Now I can comment back and respond to them. So I mainly use like listening tools for that. And Sprout Social is great. Does it go across like LinkedIn to what platforms does it cover for your listening? It, it covers all of them. Um, the only one it doesn't to? cover is TikTok. It does. It does really? Okay. Yeah, it actually does a form of uh, YouTube reporting too. I like doing the reports directly on the platform, but yeah. It's got it, great it analytics, does, but still. It, oh, it's great. 
it's really um, great. I yeah. love the idea of the listening tool because I'm thinking through like strategy wise from an agent standpoint. You know, it's easy to just respond to notifications. Oh, somebody liked my post or commented, I'll comment back. But I think that's very yeah. one-sided because that makes it all about your content. And there's two sides of social media. There's the posting side and the participating side where I go seek out their content and I engage with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But that's hard to do. The listening tool is a clever way to kind of decide what are the topics that I want to be listening out for so I can jump mm-hmm. into the conversation, which is kind of similar to the dollar eighty rule of Gary Vaynerchuk for back of the day. Kind of a, yeah. it's a little bit more advanced these days with a listening tool. Yeah, but there, and I mean, I just use Sprout Social just because that's what I've used forever. Um, but there's like Hootsuite, there's different ones that have it, the capabilities of, I mean, it's pretty much all over the place now. Yeah, you I, know, I think the moral of the story is, look, you've got to allocate time every day to go commenting on their stuff, their being your past clients, your sphere, your customers, that sort of a thing. Yeah. The folks with whom you're networking, you have to comment on their stuff. You have to engage with them, message them, and all those different aspects of what it means to be social. And I also yeah. think like your comment about following strategically, I think that's smart. Mm-hmm. And using yeah. a suggestions engine so that you can kind of connect with other people. It is social networking. It is. And that's, and the thing is, is like, that's how you build your community. Like think of Instagram or think of social media as one of those things of like, if you go into a party, are you just going to like sit in the middle of the room by yourself and not talk to anyone? No, well, you're going to walk yes. up to people. You know? <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> you're like, yes, actually. No, but <laughs> you're going to walk up to people and engage with them. That's a comment. You're going to walk up to, oh, that's a DM. You're going to walk, you know, and that's how you start to meet people. And later on, you could collaborate with them for stuff. You can get deals from them, referrals. Like it's just such a big scope. Um, another thing too, is I like to, um, I like to look through people's followers. I like to see who, I like to see who people are following. Um, and see, I guess their interest in that person. So like I'll go on different people's platforms. I'll look at their followers and I'll say like, oh, okay, they are following a majority of OC real estate agents or, oh, they're actually only following dog accounts. Like, okay, so they're not too into their content, you know, because think about it. The people that you're following, that's the content that you're getting served when you're scrolling through Instagram. So you don't want to like waste your time following certain people that have, you know, not the similar. No, this is... I hope people are appreciating the practicality of this because here's what I'm because I'm like, you're causing a thought. And the thought is that yeah. I'm generalizing. A lot of agents oftentimes want to get into social media because they have a fear of the phone. They don't want to mm-hmm. prospect. They want to avoid the nuts and bolts and brass tacks of real estate. And this is a relationship mm-hmm. business. And so I think that there is a misconception, not for people listening to this, of course, but there's a misconception yeah. out there that it's like, oh, there's a way to market myself into success without actually having to talk to people or be one-on-one or be vulnerable in that kind of a way. Yeah. Even in social media, if you go into there, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or any other platform, if you go in there one-sided, it's just about content, I get in and I get out kind of a thing, and you miss the opportunities to network, you're really missing how this business works and how any business works. Like for instance, yesterday, Tom shared a story of a guy that he was talking to and I looked up the guy and I followed the guy. Because I didn't follow, mm-hmm. I was fascinated. I should have DM'd that guy. And I should have mm-hmm. been like, man, I love your content. It's really, really good. Something, just yeah. something like that. Because that would have been the extra step. And so I think the encouragement that I'm getting and what I hope everybody else is getting is, I got I to gotta block time every day. I got to block yeah. time every day to be actively participating in a conversation, not just broadcasting my content 
mm-hmm. or replying to my comments as if that's enough. Is that a fair way of kind yeah. of saying Oh, that? yeah, I think so. And I think also um, Instagram or in these platforms know how much time you're spending on there. So it's like if you're not giving them the time of day, they're not going to serve your content. They're not going to give you the time of day. You know? are you talking about that? So, what about third-party publishing? Does that have any kind of an impact in your, from your vantage point? To be honest, no. Like when I first started doing stuff, I felt like, okay, maybe it does, but it really doesn't. It's the type of content you're putting out. So it's, it's based off of the content. It's not really the type of content, like valuable content. Okay. So not like, oh, it's this kind of post and not that it's value. Yeah. Not, not just like a blurry picture that you uploaded and you're like, here's my new listing, you know, and then you log off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's, you know, but it it favors who favors them. That's how, that's how these platforms work. And so when you see your screen time up, it's like, oh, my screen time is up. But then you look at your post the next day and it's doing so well. It's because it's seeing that you're on there and you're engaging with people. So it's going to start serving your, your post in the explore feed into more people. That's good. That's a good tip. Cause I think like everybody goes through ebbs and flows, I think, and I'm going to specifically talk about Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. I will notice ebbs and flows in my own reach and distribution where yeah. sometimes it's paying dividends. It's just like crazy. The content doesn't have to adjust that much, but other times it's like, why am I being held back in my reach? And then I Google and I set my Google search perimeters to only things published in the last week to see if there's been an algorithm update that I missed or something like that. And yeah, half the time that is the case. They're just kind of working out the kinks and the bugs of a new algorithm update. But other times I find it's things that are far more passive aggressive from the standpoint of Instagram where it's like, they want you to use reels. That's their new feature. So do that. Or it's, they want you to post more stories. You're not doing that. Or it's, they want you to go live and you're not doing that. And when Mm -hmm. they, when you kind of, again, it's passive aggressive. When you figure out the thing they want you to go do that they're not telling you, it's as if they reward you. It's unspoken, but it's as if they reward you with all of a sudden your content is, okay, it's free to go. Am I making that, am I fabricating that? Or is that actually No. That's totally true. And I will say Instagram is really finicky with their algorithms all the time. It's like, it's constantly changing. I will see like on some of Tom's posts, like there are certain quote cards and stuff that we'll reuse because they have done so well. I like look into the engagements and the insights and I'm like, okay, this quote really stuck with people. It has X amount of likes, comments, shares. I'm going to repost this in another six months because in another six months, Tom's going to have new followers that have not seen this post and it's going to be pushed down so far that they would never see this post. So it had good engagement again, six months, I'm going to repost it. Sometimes like I'll repost it and it does better than it did six months ago. And I'm like, wait, I thought it did pretty well back then. Or there's sometimes where it doesn't do well at all. And I'm like, okay, looking into the time, did I post it at a right time? Are people up at this hour? Like really looking into the, the insights feature on Instagram to see, okay, is my audience up? Maybe they didn't see it well, or are that, people uh, not I, liking it? I, I, I noticed a post this week that I'm like, why is the explore feed giving me, giving me nothing this week? Why are my hashtags mm-hmm. giving me nothing this week? When you look at the insights of a post and yeah. I suspect it's like, well, I've had a busy week. Maybe I haven't been giving them my tariffs of attention yeah. <laughs> like they want yeah. from me. Maybe that is what it is. Yeah. Um, just, a, yeah. just a thought. I mean, I'm kind of speculating right now, but just the thought of, of thinking about it. Um, all right. I want to go one more thing. Cause I know, I know the answer to this question. Okay. When you find out, Hey, this posted really well, mm-hmm. how do you, 
bring it back to your attention to reuse it later. Do you have a hack or a, a technique for storing that? Yeah. So I use the save feature on Instagram so you can save your posts and you can actually pretty much like album them. So like I would label it, um, popular UGC. And so every time I would save that post, I would then put it into that bucket of popular UGC. Another one that I use it for is like summit. So a lot of people do, um, for success summit, a lot of people will do, um, organic content. Right. Um, And so I'll make an album that says Success Summit 2020. You know, I did that last year. And then I would just save all those people's posts. So then if I need to reuse them in the future, you just go into the saved bucket and you'll have them all foldered in. That's super smart. I I remember you told me that once before and I was like, that's really smart. And and just kind of in the spirit of this repurposing content, you know, like Mm -hmm. I've I've talked to a lot of my clients and I do this. Uh, I do what I call tweet shots where I basically screenshot a tweet Yep. But if you read my captions of posts before it, you'll find that almost everything I've ever quoted has already been written and used in captions before because nobody actually reads yeah. them. Nobody no. reads them. <laughs> so No, you that's there's so much like for instance, there's stuff like on our website with like blogs, articles and stuff that are months old that I know for a fact I can use that as a quote card. I could use that as a caption. People aren't gonna be like, Oh, that's from that blog in December. You know, no, nobody's again, ever called me out for it. Never. Nobody's <laughs> no. ever done it. And again, you're getting new followers every day. You're getting new people looking at your posts every day. So not everyone has seen that stuff. Not to mention, you know? I read this the other day, that the average attention span is now eight seconds or less, which is a second less than a goldfish. <laughs> and so people are being completely inundated with content, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. So repetition yeah. actually applies. And if you think about the rule of seven in advertising, the rule of seven is probably more like 11 now, if I, had, mm-hmm. if I had to guess. But the rule of seven says that people don't remember an ad campaign or a message until they've seen it seven times. So mm-hmm. if you want someone to remember something you're doing, especially on Instagram, where it's not like, like YouTube's a search engine. So YouTube's yes. different because people can go find that content based upon search. But with Facebook, Instagram, um, LinkedIn, that's a hamster wheel, right? That's just, again, yes. you got to keep rerunning the episodes, the content, if you yeah. want people to <laughs> Yeah. And well, and I will say though, for YouTube, it could be one of those things where you did a video that performed really well. And in a couple of years, reshoot the video with the new relevance to that time. It's the period, same thing you as know? doing like an update on an old blog article. If you had a big like yes. list blog article, do it again. Updates. new. Yes. Ones. All right. Let me keep us moving forward. We're supposed to talking about yes. content a little bit and repurposing it and getting savvy. A lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of agents and business owners, remember they're running their business they're, they're trying to do the delivery of it and also manage content, social media and everything else. And a lot yeah. of people are getting kind of burned out on content creation. Mm-hmm. What are some tools or ways that you would recommend that this can be streamlined? I know we've already kind of talked about some just now, but what would you add? Uh, in terms of like what other just scheduling tools to content. use? Yeah. Like what do we, what could they learn or hacks or techniques to just streamline content? So I'll kind of review what we've said so far. We've said so far that well, first and foremost, we all the platforms matter, but we have to create mm-hmm. the content kind of in a laboratory and then decide where it goes versus trying yeah. to create content for every single platform. And then we just talked about ripping ourselves off and plagiarizing our own blog posts with quote cards and yeah. things like that. Um, yeah. So really, it's just how do you help people streamline? Are there tools that can make it easier to post or yeah. turning content into more content? Well, one thing is I feel like every month you should have a shooting day um, and you should just, I mean, 
rip out all the content you can eight hours, block your time and do video content, do Instagram reels, do everything like that you could. And that could be used within the next coming of weeks. And it also could be put into micro content. So if you do like a long form video, chop it up, reuse it. Usually from what, like a 10 minute video, you could probably get like 20 pieces of content from that. Give me some examples because, of micro content. Um, for, for example, like the podcast, okay. Tom does a podcast, right? We can rip that into pieces of micro content. So just pulling out um, small snippets of really powerful things that he has said and use it on IGTV for a two minute video. Okay. Um, if there was like a funny saying, 15 seconds, use that as an Instagram reel. Um, and that podcast was 45 minutes. How many pieces of content can we get th- from that? Tons. And it can just be continuously repurposed um, and to be put on all of these channels. So for Facebook, you don't want to put like a 45 minute video on Facebook okay, rip the video into highlights, do a highlight reel of that podcast, 10 minutes long, put it on Facebook, you know, just things like that. I think that's, I think that alone right there. So the two things you just said, one is a shoot day. Um, I interviewed Mm -hmm. last week, I interviewed Glenda Baker and I interviewed Chris Benjamin and we made an observation that the agents who are creating video at the highest level, invariably they're filming one day a month in there. Like Glenda Mm -hmm. shared that she films for 11 hours in one day. She has all of her outfits picked out. She makes sure her hair is done up just right for it all. And she will in 11, she's got her scripts and everything ready to go. She will in 11 hours record 35 videos a month. She's making 35 pieces of content. Chris Benjamin's doing it. Taya DiCarlo is doing it. The agents and the business owners who are winning with video are filming in bulk once a month. That doesn't mean they Mm -hmm. don't drop a little, let me grab my phone and go selfie style for just a second. It doesn't mean they don't do that whenever the feeling strikes them but they're structured in their content. But I also think what you said about having top level content, like the Tom Ferry show, like the podcast experience, your long form content, and then Mm -hmm. being intentional about asking yourself, all right, Jason, test, come up with three to five ways that I can repurpose each of these different veins of content so that as Mm -hmm. I'm adding to them every month, I've got additional three to five to 30 ways. I'm going to chop it up and create more content because- Nobody's making enough, right? No. Well, and and on those pieces of content, like if you were to do a, a podcast for 45 minutes and you were to do like a highlights thing, let's say you do a, a three-minute highlights of just like all the best pieces that were from or the snippets from that podcast, at the end of that video, put a CTA to then watch the full video. I love it. Like, you know, this- like like lead it back to where the content is at. Yeah. And, In fact, I have a, I have one going today. I think it's supposed to go today. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Well, and, and like Tom is busy, right? Everyone knows that. I think everyone sees that. That's what we do with Tom. We have shoot days and he has his outfits all picked out and we just have a list of topics that were popular and that's what we go off of. I will say too, that if you're struggling with getting ideas for content, look to your audience, like look in your engagement and you will see what people are interested in. Look at your top posts from the past month. You will have probably five topics right there. You will have people- Do an Instagram story with an ask me anything and get, solicit the information. Yeah, it's, you can, the content is there. You can find it easily. You just need to know what people are looking for and you have that. Just go and see what your engagement's like. So let's, let's, I want to circle back to maybe a broader question that I meant to ask you before and actually I forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, talking okay. about engagement and interaction, you know, we talked about ROI for engagement. We talked about, uh, 
all the different ways to try to dial up your engagement. But yeah. why does engagement matter from an agent standpoint, from a business owner standpoint? Help everybody viewing understand why it's so critical across social. It, engagement is what drives the social. Like if you are not networking and engaging with people, your your platform is just going to be at a standstill. Like you need to be commenting back and engaging with people, liking and acknowledging that they've taken the time to comment on your posts. Um, people that DM you, write them back. You know, even if you, you can set up automated messages now on Instagram DM saying like, hey, I didn't get, I haven't been able to see your message right now. I'll get back to you at XYZ time or email me. This is my best contact. You know, like people want to be heard. They don't just want to comment. And then you're like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks for that. I love it. <laughs> like, That's a, that will probably be a repurposed piece of content that I will eventually chop up and reuse again. Just that little moment. It's, just think every, the way that I view social media is yes, it's on our phone and we're doing it through everything literally on our phone. Right. Think of it as this person was in front of your face and they just wrote something, you know, or they just said something to you. So you posted something and they're like, Hey, I agree with that. If they said that to you face to face, you, you want to be like, I'm not going to talk to you. Okay. Yeah. I'm, always bye. I'm like, imagine you're in an elevator and then somebody looks at you and says, Hey, it's good to see you. And you're like, and you like just act like you can't even see them. <laughs> yeah. That's completely taboo. Nobody does that. Um, I, I think what you, you said know, though, like if you don't have the engagement, really, like that's the that's the exchange of currency from a social media algorithmic yes. standpoint. Because yes. when they're liking, hearting, uh, commenting, DMing, they are signaling Instagram that they want more of what you have to say. They're listening to you and hearing you. Yes. And ultimately, that's branding in a nutshell: is being visible, being in front of people, and building that relationship. And if you're not doing that. Hopefully by that point, you've been convinced like, oh, I do know that I need a brand. If I want to sell yeah. houses, I do know I need that. So therefore I need engagement. Yeah. Anyways, I like and, it. Yeah. You were going to say I something, know, but I kind of like. Had no, a there's just, there. no, there's just, I, I, I just think it's one of those things where time, right? That's everyone's issue is time. I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to do this. Um, do it while you're eating lunch really fast. Comment on a few things. You know, set set an alarm on your phone that at the end of the night you give yourself fifteen minutes to just engage with everything that has happened. Um, you can make time. It, put it in your schedule, and it will exist. I will. You know, it'll work. Yet. I have a, a saying with a lot of my clients because we talk about making time to go in at structured points in the day where you literally are going in to talk. Like, I'm going to comment back. I'm going to do this, do that. But I call it, um, hey, we don't go into the grocery store when we're hungry, right? <laughs> Because no. like, when you go to the grocery store and you're hungry, you buy really bad for you food because you're hungry. And yeah. in the same way, it's kind of a it's kind of our little code that says when you get on Facebook or Instagram, we're there for a reason. Don't get sucked into the feed. Go in in terms of you know who you want to talk to. You're going to drive these conversations. It's data driven. You've looked at the reports and the insights and all your notifications to help fuel who is strategically the next person I should be talking to. You don't go into a grocery store hungry because you make bad yeah. decisions. And I know a lot of people can look at their upped screen time and they're like, my gosh, that was unproductive, endless scrolling. And mm -hmm. I think that that has to be a balance struck that we don't find ourselves in the vortex of just getting sucked into the algorithms ourselves. Any thoughts? Yeah. No, I agree. I, I feel like you could set up like screen time stuff. I, it's weird because I'm like that total side loner on it. Like this is what I do for a living. So it's just, it's never going to end for me. So right. I've already accepted my fate and I spent all the time that I 
I do on social. I, I love it. All right. Did we miss any you trends know. or themes or important nuggets worth mentioning today? Um, I, I, th- we could talk I just all day. think, I know we could, um, there are, I will say, okay, you can hire other people on your team to do specific things, but now we have robots and we have tools that can do that for you as well. Yep. Um, if you spend the time to actually have one day, shoot all of your content, do everything, yep. um, get a scheduling tool. I like to use gain a lot. It's called, it's like capital G A I N app. It's like a pink icon. It's a hundred dollars a month and you can have 10 people use it. And it also has like approval processes, which is cool. So like you could create content on there, publish it, and then it could go to someone else to then approve before it actually gets scheduled out. But what I like about gain is that they're, uh, they allow you to publish on Instagram. So a lot of tools don't allow you to publish on Instagram. You have to do it manually. You're allowed, you can do that on gain with a business profile or regular profile. Um, you can also schedule out stories on game, which is really cool. Instagram stories. So if you didn't have time to do that, that is cool. um, yeah. And uh, a lot of platforms you, too don't allow you. To, what you are you reels? interested? Can it do reels? No, it can't do reels right I know, now. Like I use the creator studio for scheduling a lot of my Instagram, but on it Facebook? can't do reels. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's one of those things. I feel like it'll continuously be manual until they figure something else out. But you can also do um, business profiles and personal profiles on there. You can geotag stuff. Like, I really like Gain a lot. It's one of those All things right. where you create the content, put it in there, you can streamline it, and then good so to do go. You not, do you not really use social, uh, Sprout Social for distribution, mostly just for reporting? Yeah, I mainly use it for reports and for listening. So Gain is like my scheduling tool, and then... Sprout Social is my listening and my reporting tool. Because that's another big thing. Before we close out is please look at your insights and please know who your demographic is. Good times to post um, and do reports. Have a report because you need to know what's performing well and you need to know what times are good to post. Like, for instance, forever, we would always post at 5 a.m. on Tom's accounts, um, Pacific Standard Time. Not anymore because he's in Dallas. And so now we're posting at 3 a.m. Because that's 5 a.m. Dallas time. And that's when Tom is actually up and working out and doing stuff and most active. And that's when we found that his engagement now is higher. So oh. it changes all the time. Yeah, I look at I, I learned a valuable lesson recently. There's a little mm-hmm. information button when you look at the insights in Instagram that tell you when to post. And it tells you yep. that all that data is actually only in Pacific Standard Time. Yeah. So be advised because it's not in so that's zone. exactly and so when tom moved i was like why, why is this 3 a.m perform- yeah <laughs> but i was like why are yeah, why aren't they performing as well okay now i know all right so gain uh <laughs> sprout social just everybody's looking to save time any other tools that people should be checking out when they're done here today um another one would be agora pulse that's like for uk like um international users agora pulse is a good one nice. um I do Hootsuite sometimes, but I mainly, I, I kind of jump more like the Sprout route because I like their, you know, (laughs) I like, (laughs) no, but it should be right. I just like the way the reporting is on that platform. Yeah. Love that. But all right. You're a wealth of knowledge. People are going to want to get a hold of you and in touch with you. Where can they follow you on social? Clearly, I, Tom. I'm my. I will say I have a social that's at Courtney period Gracia G R A C I A, 
I should be posting on there more, but my excuse is I run Tom stuff. I am. <laughs> so I'm doing that full time, but that's, I kind of, I'll answer DMS. I respond to a lot of people on there. Um, and yeah, so I, I feel like Instagram is like the best place to find me. Okay. Instagram it is. And I also noticed on your Instagram, you're linked to a YouTube channel so they can connect with you from Instagram to YouTube. I am. I was, I started to do YouTube content for a while because Tom was like really pushing me to do so. And then it was like one of those things. Well, yeah. And not, not only that, it's like, I do that stuff for Tom all day long, you know? And so I kind of felt like by the end of the time, end of the day, when it was time to do my stuff, I was like, I'm kind of burnt out. (laughs) I'm done. Peace out, Instagram and YouTube. So I give you props, Jason, for doing it all. Yeah, I mean, I got people helping me Jason does it all, guys. I got people helping me too. I mean, nobody, I think that's the trick. Like nobody does it alone. And if you're trying Mm -hmm. to do it alone, you're a perfectionist and a micromanager. And you haven't figured out what the ROI is on what you're doing yet. Because once you figure out what it does for you, then you start saying, oh, well, then I can get these people to help me do more of that and get more of the thing it does for me because that's how this whole game works. Yes, well- Here's the thing too, Jason, is that social media is huge. Like it is huge right now. All of these Gen Z people in school, they, I kid you not, they know social media, like the back of their hand. Um, and a lot of these people are graduating from college. They're looking for first time internships. They're looking to learn stuff and they probably know a lot that you don't think they do. Um, and LinkedIn is the perfect place to find these people looking for jobs, um, internships, some people need these internships for school. So hire someone to do that. Hire someone part-time to do your social media management. It, the beauty, of, the you beauty know? of hiring an intern, like we use interns as sort of the testing ground to figure out what the job description should actually look like. Because yeah. you're going to learn. You're going to get feedback. Yeah. It's gonna, so just do the internship. I, I have an intern. I have an intern. Yeah. niece, but she's my intern. <laughs> so? It's all right. Yeah. And she's learning, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. And she's used to me. Um, yeah. right. I could talk to you all day. You're amazing. We'll do part two of this down the road here. <laughs> yeah, we will. Thank you very much. Very, very much. Um, I learned a lot and I'm imagining, I can only imagine that everybody listening and watching also learned a bunch. Thank you so much, Courtney. Yeah. Thank you for having me.